Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Do you want inside information? You will not be able to repeat it to your kids, but you will learn and you will laugh. Door bumper clear is on. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 88 Cup Car, 7 Xfinity, and the 29 truck. And joining me today, Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer in the Sprint Cup Series, Elliot Sadler in the Xfinity Series, and our beautiful co-host today is going to be none Josh. other than producer Josh. <laughs> Josh. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so Kristen has has not only forfeited her perfect <laughs> attendance award by missing her second show, yeah. she's forfeited her annual salary from the show. She won't get paid a dime from here on out. Yeah, I think we take it all from her. She gets paid? Yeah, she gets paid like 500 bucks a show. What are they paying you? <laughs> Jack. Attention? <laughs> <laughs> Not even that. You're getting paid some attention? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Well, Thanks to one main for bringing this to you guys today. TJ, are you uh, are you feeling good, man? You had an off weekend. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty good. I think we went to the same place different times. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Charleston? Yeah, normally that's the first off weekend I've taken – uh, missing an Xfinity race and a truck race. I normally go to all the non-companion stuff. That's the first weekend in I don't even know how many years that I've actually taken off and went on a family vacation during the summer, and we went to Charleston for the weekend, and it was fun. Had a good time. Really nice place to go. Laid back. Yeah. You, I mean, your little girl's how old now? Three? Six. Six. Yeah. So, man, you got you to gotta take some time. Oh, there's so that. much fun to take at that age. We yeah. took her to the beach on Friday and hung around Charleston. Man, she had a blast. I mean, I've never. It's uh, it's really gratifying to take a, a six-year-old on vacation during the summer. And all our yeah. friends at school were. The reason I did it is because all our friends at school, when they did it, what are you doing this summer? Smile, everyone, kids going, I'm going to the beach. I'm going. To, we're going to the beach. We're going to the beach. I'm looking forward to going to the beach. Yeah. And I'm like. I have no plans to take my little girl to the beach. So yeah. I'm like, I've got to do this. All I feel like friends, a loser. <laughs> yeah, all these kids are going to the beach, and I'm not taking her to the yeah. beach. So. Yeah. Now, I haven't I haven't been to Charleston Beaches in a while. Um, yeah. Do they have, like, those awesome shops down there 
like the wings and the eagles. It's nothing like Myrtle <coughs> Beach. That's unfortunate. Nothing like Myrtle so Beach. Yeah. It's Mad- a- so Madeline didn't get a hermit crab is what no, you're saying. No, no. <laughs> two days later. Yeah. But she did. Uh, I stayed at a friend's house that lived just outside of Charleston for two nights, and then we stayed in Charleston on Saturday night. And they have uh, – there was more frogs. There was probably 15 frogs on his front porch. Yeah. Darn. Yeah. It was weird, man. We and stayed at the Isle of Palms and went over to Sullivan's Island. Went to Charleston for a day, but I'll be honest with you, man. Charleston is an adult playground. It is not yeah. a great place for a kid when it's 145 good, degrees. Good rooftop bars. Yeah. Though. All that. Yeah, I saw that bar. Yeah. I did see that bar. There's I tons there. of great bars there. Great restaurants, but it's not a kid's playground. No. It's an adult playground. It, it's okay at night walking around a little bit, it but is. there's just not a lot of, like, It's a good historical right. town. You yeah. Know, yeah. We took around the his, carriage his, deal his, and. She yeah. loved all that and stuff. So. It was about an hour ride. How long was carriage ride? Yeah, it was like an hour. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Friday. Did the horse take a <laughs> while you were? No. <laughs> Friday was brutally hot. It was miserable. It was hot. Yeah. And, and we went to the beach that day. But yeah. thir- it was only 80 degrees on Friday. On thir- no, yeah, Saturday it was only like yeah, 80 cool degrees. Down. It was yeah. nice, It was man. 100 when we Guess were what, there. guys? It was hot in Iowa as well. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for you. Where are you yeah, going this weekend? Yeah, where are you going this weekend, Josh? I'm actually not going anywhere this <laughs> yeah. weekend. Yeah, Sonoma probably nice and cold. It's going to be 100 oh, out sorry, there. sorry, you have to go out the wine country. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. 12 hours of flying, 100-degree heat. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, we have two things going for us. We have the easiest schedule on it the is. year. Oh, we have four hours of practice Friday. We have an hour of work Saturday. Four? We have that much? So, as spotters, like, this is a dream <laughs> schedule. Yeah, I didn't realize we had that much practice on Friday. Now I'm dreading Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have, we don't start to 12. So, yeah. so we can sleep in at like 9.30 or 10. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, it is an easy schedule. Sonoma's just an easy it, – it's not – where we spot from is not really – it's perfect kind of. It but is. There's, and they've just kind of recently put up a little stand there and stuff. Yeah. And we all just sit on the side of that hill. And the only thing bad about Sonoma is you wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Yes. And you're like, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. What and am I you don't do? go back to sleep either. <laughs> no, you can't. And at seven o'clock at night, when you're when you're trying to eat dinner or whatever, your your face is falling. Yeah, you're your falling plate. in your pie. You're like, <laughs> done. Yeah. So, but I like going out there though. It's not bad. Now, so uh, from the Exalta Studio, what do we have on tap today? Uh, <clears throat> well, we'll move into uh, some spot on, spot off. Well, we didn't talk about Iowa. Oh yeah, BS session. I thought Iowa. Oh. I didn't get to watch the whole race. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, I watched all of it. Your uh, your your friend Justin Algaier definitely helped Sam Hornish win the race. Did he? He hit him in the ass, and, and when he hit him in the ass, he knocked his right rear quarter panel out. And there's no telling how much downforce he gave him. Oh. So so the right rear quarter mm-hmm. panel's knocked out, which looks like a pretty big air advantage. And then the left side skirt of that 18 car, if you watch the race, it looked like to me it was flared out about two inches further than anybody else. So I I did actually see that. That's the first thing that caught my eye coming out of turn four. Yes. I could see it sticking out. Yeah, so, it so caught my eye. I'm sitting here watching this race, and I'm like, this isn't even going to be fair for the rest of the race because the 18 has a gigantic aero advantage. And he dominated the race as a result. Sam's he a did. talented race car driver. That's a fast car. Don't get me wrong. But those two aero advantages, I was like, man, this isn't even going to be a level playing field for the rest of the day. And it wasn't. Yeah, he, he seemed to be pretty dominant. Yeah, he so, seemed to be pretty dominant. So if you don't know so. what we're talking about and you're a hardcore fan, which we know all you guys are, YouTube the race, pause it when you see the 18 come out of four. You'll see the left side skirt right in front of the left rear tire. It's just flared out, and that gives these guys a lot of uh, assistance through the corners, believe it's it or not. downforce. It keeps that 
that corner planted wherever you know it's just air pushing down on the car so it keeps the car into the track more yeah you always hear these guys from practice say the car doesn't feel like it's in the racetrack that helps give that feeling yeah so for sure you what you want any downforce you can get and the difference is justin hitting sam on pit road was not a crew assisted altered body change that was just a racing incident so nascar yeah. let him keep that at aero advantage for the rest of the race and there's no way you could probably hit it again like that and no. play it the same way no I way you probably mess it up the up surprised way. it didn't knock a hole in justin's nose because he hit yeah. him pretty hard if it flared and the I mean, other and there were times when i mean that 18 car was four and five seconds out yeah. in front of the field yeah. i mean it was just unfair at that well point. i mean it was he had a huge advantage and it showed up so a good yeah. race though high it was cool yeah, I, you know, Sam's actually, it's good to see Sam come back and do that. You know, Sam, every time we go out to eat around here, you go to somewhere like, uh, uh, what's that place, Duckworth or whatever? Yeah. He's yeah. always in there with his kids and stuff. He's a yeah. he's a good dude. Good, mm-hmm. great dude. I love Duckworth. Yeah. yeah, we're doing something different today, too. We're doing uh, some live call-ins, man. Yeah. This is going to be different. I, I got to say this about live call-ins. I occasionally listen to Sirius Radio. And they have some of the biggest morons call into their show. <laughs> it, it, that makes it good, though. I've listened to it. It, it makes it funny yeah. for a while, but after about 15 minutes, I'm like, I can't take any more of the stupidness. I, I got to turn the channel. Yeah. So so I hope that Josh has selected three really good candidates for our call-ins One today. can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> so this is on Josh. Yeah, everything's on me. Blame producer Josh, hashtag. Jeff. Hello. Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Are you? Did we wake you up? No. Are you sure? Took you a long time to answer. You brushing your teeth? <laughs> hey, I'm at work. Oh, you are. Well, this is TJ and Brett and Josh. We are doing our How live. Doing? We're doing our live call in for the uh, podcast, and you uh, uh-huh. have, have been selected as a question. Which is what if NASCAR inverted pit selection last qualify gets first pit selection? What do you think, Brett? Jeff, man, you just broke our caller virginity. That's yeah. kind of a big deal for door bumper clear. Yeah, from work. How's that feel for you? Pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, man. So your question: What if NASCAR inverted pit selection and the person who qualified last got the first pit selection? You got any kids, Jeff? I do. I got two kids. All right, how old are they? Four. How old did you say? What and four? Eight and four. Eight and four. Eight and four. So let's fast forward and say they're 18 and 14, and they just took the SAT, and their SAT score is high enough to get them into Harvard. But because of that, we're going to invert SAT scores, and we're going to put them into your local community college. <laughs> I don't think it's fair, man. I think our uh, I think our pit selection should be given kind of the way it's given, man. What do you think? Well, I just always get kind of – Annoyed with the uh, guy in the per- first selection, you know, get that first pit stop or that first uh, uh, hit there, and then they just like take off right away without having any competition, trying to get past. I just thought maybe this would like even out a little bit. So you get tired of the pole sitter yeah. kicking everybody's ass on pit road, basically. I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the the why you want to get the pole. That's why you try for it. You get that little bit of advantage on race I day. I get it, but I'm just trying to, you know. If, Junior keeps qualifying 25th. I'm just trying to give him every little advantage. <laughs> so this is really about Dale Jr. sucking and qualifying. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, yeah, aren't well, we here to talk about helping Dale Jr. win all the time? 
listen, qualifying is great to be fast in, but it doesn't pay. And you're right, every little bit helps on race day, but if you get in there and you get out and you have a fast car, you're more than likely going to be the car to beat still. No, I, I get it. But, but yeah, not, I, know, would but, to, I would hate for those guys. On the, on the pit crew to see if they can help their driver get up. All right, so picture this. We invert qualifying. Mike Harmon picks stall yep. number one. <laughs> That's going to be good. And Dale Jr. has stall number two. We're coming out of our stall, and he is going in. How is that going to work out? You're going to tear the right front fender, <laughs> slam yeah. off the 88 car. I mean, I would That's much true. rather. I get it, but I mean, I'm just trying to even out the playing field a little bit. I like where you're going with this, Jeff. Here's the thing, man. Back in the day, I don't know how long you've been a NASCAR fan, but back in the day, the NASCAR Winston Cup champion got the first pit stall all year. That was a gigantic advantage, and it was something that you could kind of say they earned by winning the championship, but I think NASCAR made a really good move by saying the guy who sits on the pole gets that first pit stall because, as TJ alluded to, I think it's like a $10,000 bonus to the race team, and it's that first pit stall. Otherwise, otherwise, man, there's not a lot of incentive to qualify well other than track position in that first pit stall, so I think it's a good little kicker. Yeah, it's always good to have that first stall. I mean, I agree with you, but I just thought maybe it would just give a – just a little bit more wrinkle into how pit stops are handled and maybe the strategy of qualifying. We got we got like five more minutes, man. Is there any other rules you can come up with that could really help Dell Jr. You know, and kind of screw everybody else over for the rest of the year? Yeah, please. Give him fifty more horsepower. Yeah. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> we only we only let that happen at Daytona and Talladega. So, man, just be patient. We only got two weeks till we get back to Daytona. God dang, my go. binoculars out. What uh, <laughs> Sikorsky's. What kind of job do you have, Jeff? I work in the IT department at an insurance company in Des Moines. Oh, nice. Des Moines. Nice. Dude, I love that town. Did you go to the race? Unfortunately, I couldn't this weekend, but I will be going to the one in uh, the end of July. Nice. Maybe you'll see Josh there. You can uh, find yeah. Josh down there. He's the, He'll be the guy standing behind the one main box looking really tall and, and not doing anything. So there's, there's two places in Des Moines <laughs> that I love. One of them is, is some burger place. It's got like a bunch of monsters in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Zombie burger. Yeah, man, that's really cool. My other place is it's a bar called the High Life. What about El Bait Shop? Have you ever been in there? No, I'll have to check that one out it's next right time. It's right next to High Life. It has like 150 craft beers on tap. Is that the one that has all the pictures of the old wrestlers, or is that a different one? Uh, it might be. I haven't been in there for a while. But. Yeah. Jeff, is that the one that is uh, the 150 craft beers from Iowa? Yes. Yeah. Well, there's that, and there's also the um, – I can't think of the name of it. Um, but yeah, it's just El Bay has like a lot of the, a lot of beers on tap, and it's just not necessarily from Iowa. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate the call in, man, and sticking with us here, and and uh, hopefully uh, you don't get any trouble from for calling from work or <laughs> us calling you man. to work. Yeah. I'm just taking an early break. Yeah, um, I was gonna say, man, you could just screw up some computers. You guys get to drink beer during your break? Or you, you, you're a beer-free break zone? How's that work? Yeah, that doesn't work too well. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good day, Jeff. Yeah, appreciate you hey, calling. Thanks, thanks for doing this. It was pretty awesome. Heck yeah, yeah man. Jeff. Thanks, See you, Jeff. dude. See right, you, man. So, so our first guy to ever get on this show, ironically, wants a rule change just for Dale Jr. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't even – I'm not. I mean, we don't qualify last. We're usually mid-pack. But so. this guy's basically <laughs> saying, "I'm a Dell Junior fan. Y'all don't qualify good enough to get a good pit stall. Yeah. So I yeah. want a rule change to help Dell Junior. 
Are you okay with this biased stuff? I don't want that rule to help. I want something else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. That's not enough to help us. Oh, man. All right, who are we calling? Andrew Garretts? Andrew Garretts. A lot of editing in this one. Hello? Andrew. How you doing? It's Brett and TJ, man. What's up? Not too much. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, hey, what's yeah. up, man? Where you where you at? Where's 705 area code at? It's uh, Peterborough, Ontario, just uh, northeast of Toronto. Oh, yeah. Holy oh, man. You're in Canada? Yeah. Worldwide. I am. I've, I've raced up there before. We've said we're worldwide. We're just proving it. Yeah, we are exactly. international. Yeah. Where'd you yeah. race up here, TJ? Uh, Peterborough. That was either Mossport or Cayuga or somewhere else right in that area. So Mossport is uh, just out here, road course and oval. Cayuga is yep. down uh, near Hamilton. Yeah, the oval. To, uh, Niagara Falls. The oval's not really an oval, though. It's partly square, if I remember right. It was weird. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, the one, it is. Yeah. The one corner is like a square. So, but yeah. Well, been that's to, how uh, the Canadians. Oshweekin. Oshweekin. Oshweekin yep. is uh, closer to Windsor or... Uh, There's another oh, track what? further north than that. Then it was at a horse race track that I've been to up there. Oh, uh, Kawartha Downs. That's actually 10 minutes down the road yes, from me. That's where it was. It was Kawartha. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, that one's definitely square. That QEW highway is pretty scary when you're pulling a trailer. <laughs> that it is, yes. It's pretty scary. There's people doing about 95 or 100 on it, and you're pulling a trailer, and they're blowing by you. Canadians are get after it up there. I love Canada. Yeah. There's a couple little places right by right by Mossport um to visit that are that you would probably love, Brett. Yeah, I like yeah, to go to Canada shows. to party more than I do the race. Well, it's a good shoe show. Good shoe the, show. Uh, it's a shoe the show. Truck yeah. race at Mossport uh, a couple of years ago. Well, it's now Canadian Tire or whatever it's yeah. called. It was a blast a couple of years ago. Yeah, I've raced Mossport before. Um that was actually where I ran my first race ever. They made me start 23rd because I had never raced anything before and I finished 8th. It was a lot of fun. So, but uh, apparently you want to know about a flamethrower. What do you got, Andrew, for a question? Uh, Alright, well I love following uh, Clint on uh, Twitter lately and I want to know, uh, may- mainly for Brett, because I'm assuming you hang out with him. Has Clint ever let you uh, play with the flamethrower that he has? Man, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit of, more of, afraid of fire than uh <laughs> The Clint is, he has not let me play with the flamethrower, but I've seen him build a lot of fires, and, man, I don't uh, – there, there's no doubt this guy loves an explosion and loves fire. He's got, like, backhoes and stuff at his house just so that he can build big fires with a bunch of trees he knocks down, man. He's kind of crazy. <laughs> flamethrower That's sounds, hilarious. Flamethrower sounds like it's a lot of fun. I'm not sure what I would do with one, but I want one. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't even know I've if I'd ever use it. I've been trying to convince my wife that she should get me one. And oh, man. She says I remind her a lot of Clint because I've got the same hyper, fidgety, can't stop doing stuff. And, ADD? But haven't yeah. got her convinced yet. <laughs> so, why, man, I'd just do it and ask for forgiveness later. Heck, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just do it. Are you working right now? Uh, Yeah, I just snuck away from my desk. Oh, perfect. See, you're making money. Go do it. Go do exactly. it. Exactly. Buy her something nice, get her a spa day or something, and buy a flamethrower. Are they uh, are flamethrowers legal? Hundred percent? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I Where do guess. you buy them? I've never even seen I them in a store or anything. I Amazon? don't think you can buy them in like an Amazon seller. Yeah. Where do you buy a flamethrower? Careful googling that. Make sure you don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> have you looked them up? No, I have not. I see, like, where do you even go to buy one? How do you drive out of the house? Be like, be back in the go buy a flamethrower. Yeah. What do you go to Lowe's or something? I mean, 
Yeah. Now blows. I'm gonna have, now I'm gonna have to tweet at Clint, find out where he got it. Yeah, yeah, I saw Clint blow up a ditch one time that was about a mile long, and I mean, he's just an idiot when it comes to fire, man. He's he's crazy. Fire is a lot of fun if you're doing it right. Yeah. If you're yeah. doing it right. If yeah. you're doing it right. I mean, when I was like seven years old, I lit my mom's curtains on fire. I don't <laughs> recommend doing that. That's yeah. probably not going to end well. No, man. That did not end well. That's not doing a lot it right. of trouble. What were you thinking? Fire. <laughs> <laughs> What's Clint thinking when he's blowing oh, up a ditch? He's not thinking I'm going to burn my house down. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> I was, I might even... He bought the property so you keep the fire away from the house. There's the key. You see, maybe I just needed to have a flamethrower. Then I wouldn't have been in the house. There's a there's a good story with Elliot and Clint and Blake Shelton and a buddy of ours named Kevin Kennedy that manages Blake. They were all uh, they were all turkey hunting out in Oklahoma, and Clint proceeds to build a fire, and he just keeps building a fire, a fire, a fire, a fire. Next thing you know, it's time to go turkey hunting, and they're too sleepy, quote sleepy, to go turkey hunting. So uh, I think fire sometimes gets the best of him. Fire is a lot of fun, man. Me and my buddy used to light bottle rockets off in my bedroom. And in your bedroom? Yeah, it was TJ, bad. you got issues. It was bad, I know, man. Okay, we a, were, does Madeline know about all this? No, and she never will. <laughs> the fact that you were still alive today. I know, man. <laughs> Listen, dude, we would light them off and just run and dive under covers or something to see where they ended up. I hope she's listening out here. I told y'all. She's he, upstairs. She's that's why right. I told y'all he doesn't need to reproduce. This is <laughs> That was all in the past, man. I wouldn't... I'd probably still do it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. All right, Andrew. Thanks for the yeah, question, man. man. Appreciate you letting us give you a shout. Nope. Yeah, All if right, I ever... Uh, hey, TJ, before you go, uh, have the door bumper clear t-shirts gone for sale, or did I miss that? Well, they're they're about 30 feet away from me in the Junior Motorsports retail store here, but my website should be up in the next day or so. Okay. All right. Cool. I was All right, buddy. I missed it. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot, guys. That was a good Canada. Call. Canada. I love Canada. Yeah. Anything goes up there. I don't care. No. I well, like Canada, just not the French part of Canada. Wow. You don't speak French? No. Like I Montreal? Don't. You don't like Montreal? They speak English, though. They do. They <clears> speak <throat> English until they find out you're American, and then they start speaking French. Well, you need I don't have an issue with that. Why don't you just learn French? Just flip Why them don't off. You? <laughs> Why don't you learn French, man? <laughs> You'd be set then. So we got one more called uh, Billy Bradley. Billy Bradley, he he tweets us a lot. He does. He's with uh. He, he has is, great tweets. He is associated. <laughs> <laughs> he's associated with uh. What's uh? The sloppy yellow guy. Sloppy yellow, yeah. So. So uh, do you think this is NATO. a? Do you think Mike Davis is a conspirator in this caller? There is a chance Mike Davis has some work into this one, so we probably need to be pretty careful. Be on our toes. Yeah, yeah. Billy might be interesting. Billy Bradley. That sounds like a good, uh, like a horse jockey. Billy Bradley? Or maybe a baseball player. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He looks kind of big to be a horse jockey. He looks like a bigger dude. Could be a wrestler. Well, if he's anything like Dato, wrestler. he's a little bit. It's Dato's brother, I think, isn't it? Oh, it is? I think so, or something like that. If I mean, yeah, he's definitely too big 276 to be a horse 276 area code, isn't that Tennessee? Where's that at? I don't know. No? Let's call uh, him. Speaking of... Wrestling though, did y'all see LeBron get off the plane yesterday wearing an Ultimate Warrior shirt? I liked it. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he wore an Ultimate. And so, a- so all those guys win the championship. They go to Vegas. They party. <laughs> I mean, they party, right? Yeah. They did it. But LeBron, LeBron obviously wasn't in the club, right? Yeah, I guarantee he did not go to the club. I mean, he wasn't in the club. 
If he's in the club, somebody's going to have video of him in the club. Unless he's, like, in a private area. I don't know, man. He I've had been to... in that club. There's no the super private area. I mean, He had to be there or somewhere in the area. I'm sure he was in a suite. But I guess he was like, nah, man, I'm not going to the club. He might have been having a private party. He might have. I mean, it, I mean, they might have had people around there telling people not to video and stuff. The only people that did video were the team guys that were allowed. Because I there is video of J.R. Smith getting down. Yeah, and when he poured that bottle of champagne on that waitress. Oh yeah, that was awesome. I well, thought it was. I think they had that planned because all the waitress, they one hundred percent had a plan. Yeah, because all the waitresses had on Cavs deal. Yeah, and you see that they had a cake made like an NBA the, yeah. the championship trophy. Yeah, they certainly so, didn't pull that off in two hours. No, I mean that's cool they did that though. I mean I, that's brave. Not? That's brave because in our sport that would almost be superstitious for you're not going to win it. Right. To say, hey, if yeah, we win it, make the cake, get the reservation, get the waitresses and hot. Maybe it was done behind the scenes and they didn't tell any of the players. They lined it up. That would have been a pretty cool move. Yeah. Like, don't tell anybody that's what the plan is. Because you know if you win the championship out there and you're on your way home and you're going over Vegas. Right. Why not stop? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, would, I mean, it was awesome. I just wonder why LeBron I mean, I wasn't there. I will say, though, I mean, even in our sport, like, if you're in contention <clears throat> to win the championship in Miami, your folks are already planning something. That's not exactly true. If if you're in the Cup Series deal and you're in contention to win, the championship party location is predetermined regardless of who wins. So yeah. it's not like Jimmy goes, okay, I want to go here, and Dale Jr. goes, okay, I want to go there. Like it is a predetermined party location. Now, who no, you invite Na- can no, be up NASCAR's to NASCAR's party is predetermined. But that is the championship party, but the team not, party, like right not, after the race yeah, or the whatever, team, that that just kind of goes. That just kind of goes. It's kind of by the flow because when we won it, the five hundred, we didn't. No, the yeah. only person they had an idea that what, when he had to be out by a certain time was was Dale Jr. If that, you know that that's already, you know that if you win the five hundred, you're out the next morning early. You're going to you, you're yeah. doing breakfast and you're going to New York. The rest but, of us were scrambling. I will I will yeah. say that Brad's championship party was not predetermined by NASCAR. Right, that was done by him. Brian Miller Lite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's cool they did. I thought the game was great, by the way, too. Awesome game. I can I kind of wanted to keep going. Game seven. <laughs> can they keep playing? Great series, back and forth. I mean, LeBron didn't he break a record for the yeah. first player to ever lead every single category, like steals, Maybe. blocks, rebounds, points, assists. He led it all. Yeah, he. Uh, that's insane. Everyone's people were mad that he's, you know, being a little. Uh, selfish with it, but man, everywhere that guy goes, he goes to the championship. He Jeez. goes to the finals everywhere he goes. Yeah. So, and to come back to Cleveland and take them to the finals two years in a row and win it the second year against the Golden State team that honestly, I didn't think the Cavaliers had a chance, to uh, be honest with you. Well, when it was 3 to 1, nobody right. did. Yeah. You so, know? and Crazy. to come back from that, and he averaged like 40 points a game almost. Yeah. Per game. Yeah. I, I mean, that's. Unreal, man. I told man. you he's basketball Jesus when you picked uh, the he, Warriors to win it all. I didn't think Steph Curry could miss. Man, he and sucked he t- last game. Well, he yeah, did. He was cold. He, yeah, that one shot. He, he just hit the backboard. Yeah. He, uh, but then he comes back and nails this one from four feet, five feet beyond the three-point line. <clears throat> he's not even looking at the basket before he shoots sometimes. Yeah. He's just throwing it up. Kyrie was on fire, too. Yeah. That was a great series, man. Guy yep. stepped up. 
You know, that dunk, I thought, I almost wanted LeBron to make that big dunk at the end because that would have been like, yeah, that was huge. The man. icing on the cake. Yeah, that was awesome. But right, it was a good series. Let's call Billy and let TJ give him some crap. <laughs> All right. Are you calling 1-800-MATCH.COM over there or what? Oh, Kristen, Kristen Mingle. Hey, hey, Billy, what's up? It's TJ and Brett. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, nice ringtone, man. Do you think we can call back and just let it play for a little bit? <laughs> Who, what was that? <laughs> what was it? Yeah. I'm not sure which one was playing. It's some country song. It sounded redneck, whatever it was. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that's probably the truth. <laughs> hey, well, are you calling from Texas, or where are you at? No, I'm from uh, uh, Bristol, Virginia. Uh, I'm friends oh. with Dan, so that's okay. from Texas. I thought you were his brother or something. You're you're just claiming we, him as a friend. Uh, we have the same IQ level, I would say. <laughs> but I would say if you ever came to Bristol, you probably wouldn't want to come eat with us either. What do you have? I mean, you got squirrels and stuff on the menu. <laughs> yeah, squirrels, rabbits, <laughs> about anything we can find. Wow. All right. So, uh, what's your first question there? You, you wanted to know about. Uh, being up on the spotter stand, there's uh, is there a role that you can cannot take any shading device, and if right. not, we why do we not have? If that was a, uh, you know, I know NASCAR likes to uh, make the rules, but is that a rule that you can't take anything up there for shading? No, it's just very inconvenient, and a lot of the spotter stands aren't big enough to support something we could put up. Some of us, I actually have a chair, and Kevin Hamlin actually has one too that has a little roof that folds up over it. So on the real hot days, but it has to be a track that has a big enough spotter stand that you can actually put it up. Because um, a lot of these places, like you go to Michigan, it's a really good uh -huh. spotter stand, but it's just a fence with a rail. Uh, it has a place where you can you put your elbows and stuff, and it's got power outlets up there and stuff, but there's nothing behind you. You have about three foot behind you, and there's another fence. So there's not really room to put a chair, and there's not really room to put anything else up. You know, and if we did put something up, which we have talked about a couple times. Um, you know, we thought about, a few of us thought about getting together and bringing an easy up to some of these places like Kentucky or something. We have to have somewhere to strap it to, like a fence or something, to be sure that it doesn't fly off the roof because that would be bad. You know, if we ever did anything, we would have to make sure it was strapped down good. And it's it's hard, it's hard to get it. Safety concern on that Yeah, part. and it's hard, to, it's hard for some of us. We can't just... I can't just throw an easy up on my back every week when I walk to the roof. You know, it's got to be something planned that two couple people go and grab it and bring it up, and um, it's going to have to go in a holler or somebody a motorhome or something. It's going to have to travel somewhere. So um, we have know. some eight to twelve hour days up there, man. It uh, it's brutal. It beats it on is. you. Yes, it does. They make it. They made a lot of major. Yeah, they made a lot of major improvements to these places, but they question, definitely ain't giving a shade. Sure if, if it was just a rule that you wasn't allowed for us safety reasons you know for the fans um i don't know if there's i have never seen a rule about it where we can't do it but i just think we're just we're, we're at the just, mercy of the track yeah we're just kind of so used to it now anyway i mean we probably you know i think i think at kentucky or somewhere like that we might because there is a fence right there and we could bring a couple ratchet straps and strap it to the fence and be safe with it and stuff but uh, you're right. Some of these places, it does get brutally hot, and you do look for any little bit of shade. When we go to Kentucky, there is a there is a um a TV stand up there that a guy stands on, 
to for wow. one of the TV cameras, and we all try to fight for underneath it. But there's this one guy that shows up with this little bitty camera that this doesn't even. I don't think any of his stuffs for any big time TV stuff either. He's got one of these little camcorders, yeah, and he posts up under the shade. And sits there in the shade all weekend, and t- basically takes a lot of that room up because he doesn't want to be in the sun. So, I would love for them to get rid of that underneath there. Yeah. What well, else you got? Yeah. You got another. You got another question for Brett. My phone is cutting out, or? Well, you are in Bristol, Virginia. Signal's probably pretty low <laughs> there. And we do. Yeah. Well, we uh, well, you got a question for Brett? Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, Brett, uh, you know, uh, talk about, you know, you guys have one of the longest seasons as far as starts in February and goes all the way to November. Now, would there be a track that you consider to drop to get it to a 30-race schedule? Billy, man, I'm glad I got you on the show because you make me sound less country <laughs> right now. Uh, you're, to your... I, man, listen, I told him that you, you spotted for Elliot, uh, TJ, you yeah, I can understand you better than I can understand Sterling already. Heck yeah, man. I'm just glad you're on here. You make me sound like a presidential candidate all of a sudden. <laughs> but uh, to your point, man, we, we do have a long schedule. What could we do to make it a 30-race schedule? Here's the reality of that question. is As long as TV is willing to pay NASCAR a pile of money, and by pile, I mean hundreds of millions of dollars. They're not going to shorten our race schedule. But let's speak to your question just theoretically. What would I do to get to a 30-race schedule? Would I drop? What track would I drop? I wouldn't drop any, man. I would go to some of these tracks once, though. I I really feel like our schedule should only go to Daytona and Charlotte twice. I feel like everywhere else we need to go once, and we need to take those other dates, additional dates, and we need to build new facilities in new markets and give us an opportunity to get in front of new fans. I'm a huge believer that we have a lot of race fans in Canada. We actually had a guy on earlier that, that spoke to that point and, and rattled off 20 you know tracks in his area. Not many American fans can even do that. So I'm a big fan believing we need to be in the Montreal market. We need to be in Toronto. You know, We need to be in British Columbia. We need to be in, in what's that town on the west side over there near uh, Whistler? Uh, Vancouver. Mm. You know, there's just a bunch of really cool Canadian towns I think we could go to, and also some here in America too. Right. Hey, I'm, I totally agree with you on the two tracks. I mean, I live five miles from Bristol, and it wouldn't hurt me that they'd done away with the spring race. I mean, of course, you know, I'm going to go to be there, but it wouldn't hurt me to lose that race. Yeah, I mean, I think from the, the local – hey, man, what's happened is – before the economy took a crap, people were traveling from all 50 states and tons of different countries just to come to a race. Well, everybody kind of got tight with their dollar, and they started picking and choosing which races are going to come to, which put the tracks in a position to have to market themselves to the local fan, which is about a 200-mile radius. A four-hour drive is what people are going to be willing to come to. You take a place like Bristol, it is a tremendous facility, but it's in a really rural part of America. You know, let's face it, if you start talking about a three-hour drive, man, it's really hard to get from Charlotte to there, Raleigh to there, you know, Nashville to there. So, So you've really decreased the amount of local people that you're able to get. So I think once a year also helps some with that attendance issue that some of these tracks are having because so many of our tracks are in rural areas. Yes, and the uh, the hotels, motels, and all that situation, they put a 
strain on it too by limiting, you know. Look at look at Darlington. Look at yeah. Look at Darlington. It sells out. Look at Watkins Glen. It sells out with a tremendous infill presence. You know, you you start looking at some of these tracks that only get one date, and they do really well from an attendance standpoint. Yeah, and that's why the attendance is so much more as a night race in Bristol. Yeah, because that's the one the local crowd's going to pick. If you had one race to pick, that's going to be it. That's it, man. Well, we appreciate you uh, letting us call you, man. We hope all's good, and uh, give our buddy Sloppy Yellow a hard time yeah. next time you talk to him. Hold things hey, down uh, there in Bristol. Give us a holler at Bristol. We'll have something deep. Yeah, some wild game, probably. Cold, cold beer and raccoon. Hey, yeah. Dave, we'll get you some wine or something. Maybe yeah. How about like a T-bone or something, man? I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not into that <laughs> yeah, squirrel yeah. and stuff, you guys. Okay. Get him, get him a hey, T-bone and some Zima. What you guys do for the fans there, but man, not too many. Well, I don't know any other race team that does it. Don't let Mike Davis hear that, though. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't. You know, Mike's just a. You know, he's like a fly on the wall in here. He's probably listening right now trying to – we we kind of thought this might be some sort of prank call with uh, being nah. associated with Dato or something there. You never really know what you're going to get with him, especially if Mike Davis gets involved. So, But, uh, yeah, man, yeah, I appreciate he, the call he's in. He's uh, on the plane, and he told me – he asked me, if you going to call us, yeah, I'll give it a try. Yeah, heck, thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. Maybe we'll catch up with you later this season. All right, thank you, buddy. See you, man. Okay, Billy Bradley is certainly not a horse jockey. <laughs> no, man. Billy Bradley, I, he, I think he's about 6'4". He's wearing a tank top. Yeah, it be. Probably some jorts. Yeah, probably yeah. some jorts. Drinking a canned beer right now. There's a good chance. A mullet. You think he's got a mullet? <laughs> a can of PBR probably in his hand right now. Maybe, maybe an MGD. You know, know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Maybe. He may have those lines shaved in the side of his head and have a mullet. Josh, you yeah. should do lines on the side of your head. I don't think so. Yeah, I can yeah. do it. I actually can do it. I can give a fade. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nah. Huh. Ain't When's happened. the last time you fully shaved? Uh, over a year. His beard? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> We're going to move oh, into uh, some, some spot on, spot off. Let's see how good Josh does this. Can you do it, Kristen's voice? Yeah. Rebuttal and all that. Okay, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, spot on, spot off. Xfinity racing on a Sunday slash Father's Day. Go ahead. I think Xfinity racing on a Sunday is awesome. I don't have an issue with that. You know, I, I, I really feel like, though, it was Father's Day. I'm a huge, obviously, lover of, of racing, and, and I struggled to find the time to watch the race because of activities with the kids. Now, I did block off 1.30 to 3.30 to make it happen, but, man, it just goes back to I saw a really slim audience there in Iowa, and that's traditionally a place that sells a lot of tickets, and I feel like because you're making someone pick between – their family and a sport they love they almost on that particular day the dads feel like they got to do the right thing and and pick their family so you know again xfinity racing on a sunday i'm all for it any kind of racing on father's day we don't race on mother's day so what's the difference yeah i'll go uh i'll go spot off i think they should have ran saturday night and been home you know those guys don't have quite the grueling schedule that the cup series have but you know they should be they should have the opportunity to come home and and 
spend the day with their dads and stuff like that. You know, they're just as important as the mom. So you we, know, they- we talked a lot um, this past weekend about, you know, the possibility of doing a double header on Saturday. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on doing a double header? With trucks and Xfinity or a cup? With trucks and Xfinity. Uh, well, I, personally, I would have just ran. Normally in the past, there, it was a K&N race Thursday night, truck race Friday night, and Xfinity race Saturday night. I think they should just stick with the Saturday night stuff. I mean, it's a, it's not a long, grueling race. It's a short track race. Get people out. You're not there for six hours. You go. You drive out a few hours for the race. Hang out a little bit. Watch the race. You come home. Atlanta did the truck and Xfinity doubleheader. Uh, I, I really like that concept because I think it's a, a really fun day for race fans. Almost if you're a college football fan, you can't wait till Saturday to pack all your racing in. I think that's a tremendous idea. Um, the, the, the problem here is, though, the sport of NASCAR, in my opinion, in this particular instance, isn't being led by NASCAR. It's being led by Fox. It's being led by TV. It's being led by the opportunity to get ratings. They're picking the best day and the best time to get those ratings because that allows them to sell ads. Yeah. And, and to go off on a complete tangent from spot on, spot off, every time in Iowa that these guys went to commercial, the trucks wrecked, the Xfinity cars wrecked, we, I don't think I saw one live wreck the entire day, it, it, uh, the entire weekend. Like, it's really weird because at no point – here's what's exciting about racing. Restarts, the start, the finish, and the wrecks. At no point during a football game do you miss a touchdown. So, so how, do we, how do we not miss wrecks? What do we do? Because it's a problem. Yeah, I think we would – you're just going to – You're going to ride it out. You got to ride it out until the time comes, man, and you never know. Rex, you never, you can't tell when they're going to happen. No. You cannot tell if a tire is getting ready to blow or something. So I think they need to be timed better as well, and people shouldn't be missing the action. You, you, That's you, it. You're you, missing the action. You should not be missing the action. You're not, you're not going to miss LeBron doing a two-handed dunk at yeah. any point during that basketball game. I would have been disappointed to come back, and they were already playing, and there was a score change and a lead change or something. I would have been like, you know yeah. what the heck, man? Well, I mean, it's a it's a little different too because most other sports are I mean, not all sports. They have more but time. They outs. have timeouts, and we don't really have they timeouts. Don't. No, yeah. we're, we're we're in a different. They have timeouts, and they also have TV timeouts. Right. So we're we're in a different deal. And you know, when you MF the caution clock, which we we all kind of do. That's basically a TV timeout. It, it, it's basically a TV timeout. Now, twenty minutes isn't long enough for me because it eliminates the opportunity for a green flag pit cycle. So clearly, that number isn't correct. So it's almost like if we're going to have a TV timeout, don't even tell us what the time is. Just throw it in there and do it whenever and say, "Hey guys, we're taking TV." But my my point is. Missing Rex as a fan sucks because you, you're following on Twitter and you see caution and you're like, oh, my God, was my guy in it? And then you're relying on, you know, Josh to do his job on Twitter for, for one main racing to tell us because you get lost, man. You're sitting home. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. So do you like the, the split screen they do? I do in Indy. Okay. I love it. Because, and, I mean, here's the thing, too. If you do the split screen, they can come back quicker. Right. And then go back to the ads during the pit stop cycle. So – I don't know, man. I'm, I know we went off on a tangent there, but that got on my nerves this weekend. All right, spot on, spot off. Sam Hornish Jr. leads 183 of 250 laps at Iowa and pulls off the win. Spot on, man. Dude did what he had to do. He had the best car and showed it. 
Yeah, definitely spot on for Sam. You know, spot off for the entertainment factor. Yeah. You know, Elliot had a, a really fast car. He, he, I think he peaked around third a couple of times. Restarts were, were kicking his butt pretty good. He'd end up fifth or sixth after, you know, some restart things. You never know if they're on the split or loose or whatever. But I think from second on back was a good a good race. Spot on for Sam, man. Great guy. Great, uh, great racer. Indy 500 champion, IRL champion. Struggled a lot in stock cars. Wrecked a lot in stock cars. Cool to see a guy like that win. Yeah. All right, spot on, spot off. <clears throat> JRM finishes five, six, and seventh. Man, Fifth, that, that, six and seventh. That <laughs> five, six, and seventh. Five, six, and seven. Don't even start with your grammar. <laughs> uh, spot off, man. I think that's probably one of our our worst showings for the year. And and I think the good news is that's bothering us. You know, I think a year ago this organization would have been pretty happy with three cars in the top seven. Now I think we've raised the bar as a company. Yeah, I I, uh, I feel like we've shown they, – they showed a little bit of speed in practice. The, you know, I don't think um, – I think we've gained in other areas this year, a mile and a half, so I think we've gained. A and ton. I think maybe we have kind of stayed the same at the short track still maybe. We usually have a little bit more speed at the short tracks than that, but that's still a solid showing to come out of their fifth, sixth, and seventh. I, I don't think uh, – I think there's anything to be ashamed about, you know, especially Sam had such a dominant car. You know, that's really – he just whooped everybody. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty solid showing. Who's, uh, what's who's, your rant? who's ranting today? Well, you're ranting. What's your rant? You went to Iowa. What's your rant? Something had to make you mad. Hmm. Nothing really made me mad at Iowa. You have to get mad. Why? You, do you never get mad at anything? No, I get mad at stuff all what's the time. Your, okay, what'd just, you get mad at? I just what's didn't last, get mad at, <laughs> at Iowa. What's the last thing you got mad at? Probably when you picked on him about his tattoo. <laughs> that was a while ago. You had to be mad after that. Yeah, I'm still mad about that. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> hey, you should be mad about 5th, 6th, and 7th. <laughs> I got a rant. Oh, oh this ought to be good. I, I got a real issue with, with some stuff going on. In, in social media, and I mm. guess it's somewhat NASCAR relevant. So, so Mike Wallace and his daughter mm. are allegedly attacked at a, at a concert. Okay, and then they take to social media to try to bring these guys to justice. Okay, first of all, I will say this: there's three sides to the story. There's the Wallace side, there's the Lucas side, and then there's the truth. Okay, we don't necessarily know the truth, and I'm not going to say that we know anywhere near the truth. But the reality is, Mike Wallace got the kicked out of him um and and when you look at that you say all right guys are guys they're gonna fight whatever's gonna happen there's gonna happen here's my issue that i have if a girl truly his daughter laid on top of an unconscious man and these three guys continue to kick her these guys need to go to prison like we we as a society have become way too relaxed in letting males hit females and and if you're a guy listening to this show and you want to hit a girl Please tweet me. I will send you my cell phone number. I will come and meet you, and you can hit me instead. We, we, and, and if you're a girl listening to this show and you're getting hit by a guy, leave him. He's a piece of if, if he treats his mom poorly, his sister poorly, or he's hitting you, leave because he's never going to treat you the way you need to be treated. So I, I sit there and watched all this play out on social media, and I saw these fans completely attack this company. That's not what my comments are about. We should never be hitting a female as a society. It's a shame. Yeah, my uh... – you know, whether who started it doesn't even matter who started it. There's a point when the fight's over, you, the guy's laying down. There's three of you, one of him, two of him, or whatever. The dude's laying down. You, all right, you proved you're bigger, stronger, whatever. You're drunk. Go home. Yeah. 
you don't need to continue to kick the guy in the face. Look at it. Look at him, man. That's not just a win the fight and leave thing. That's a no. that's a that's a that's a beatdown. That's brutal. a crime, man. Yeah. That's yeah. a crime. So it's excessive. He, he's defenseless at that point. You need to uh, you know realize that and go on from it. And and uh, I don't know, man. They need to you know whether who saw it or not. That that's that's too far. That's yeah. too far. They need to be they need to be punished. I'm from a small town. People fight. It, it is what it is. It's always going to be that way, you know. But can't can't hit girls. Can't guys should never be hitting girls. It's it's a shame. Did you get any fights growing up in Pageland? Yes, I probably lost way more than I won, <laughs> but I did get in some in Pageland and other towns too. <laughs> did y'all yeah. fight in New York? Uh, my school was really small. We didn't have very many at all, really. Uh, seventy-five people was my graduating class. We so were one forty. Yeah, we I were. was over five hundred. <laughs> yeah, wow. so we all basically knew each other. One maybe one time a year would all there be a good one. You went down to the basketball court. There must not have been enough girls there to cause a fight because that's usually in my school what started right. was a girl. There is a half and half, but like once a year we would have a good basketball court fight where two everybody would hear about it throughout school and two guys would go down there and meet at the basketball court and yeah swing a little bit and then everybody go home. But to to the point TJ made, I mean, it wasn't a five on one, a three on one. Right. I mean, no, it's like you're, I don't like you, you don't gonna, like me. Let's you're not going to win three nah. on one. No, I mean it's it's that's hard. just a show off thing. The when you win a three on one, that's just a that's just a show off ridiculous thing. It's not even a honestly. That's not even a fight. I no, mean, it's not fair. No, especially when the girl's laying on her dad. I mean, that's ridiculous, man. Have a little bit of respect, okay? You just beat him up. Yeah. So anyway, um, Sonoma, TJ, yeah. TJ, what was our last race that uh, I don't remember where Michigan. we were? Remember. Michigan. I had Matt. He beat Biffle, so I I pulled out an A guy. You've had a you've had a lot of. I had a couple. A lot weeks. of like less than thirty to go help. Yeah. I mean Dover there. I mean less than I had you beat all the way till thirty to go. No and, doubt. So. Let's see here. Sonoma. I got to pull up who's even in this race because I feel like I don't know what so, you're going to do right here. Here's, I already know what's going to happen. What's we, going to happen? We're gonna, <laughs> one of us is going to have Almendinger for this race, and one of us is going to have an Almendinger for the Glen. Woo! Holla. I mean, that's the only way to do it. That's so, the only, ra- it's the only race you want to pick the guy. I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he- <laughs> <laughs> so I don't – I mean, it's the only – who do you pick against him, though? I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. There's not really a good yeah, – A.J. kind of stands out right now at the road courses. I mean, I know these other guys are good, but A.J., uh, we've kind of lost the ringer, the road course guy in our field. A.J. is kind of the last one. He's the only – this is uh, – yeah, I mean, if Juan Pablo were still here, there's Indeed, two races two. you're going to pick Juan Marcus, Pablo. Marcus. Marcus Ambrose. There's two races yeah. you're going to – we're, we're going to burn up A.J. Amendinger right here on these races. And the Glenn in here is going to be A.J. It's going to be it. So – I'm gonna wait till I'm gonna wait until uh, Watkins Glen, I think, to pick him. Um, but it might not be my pick then. Yeah. Mm. So I almost have to take him now. You're, you're, it, it's hard to know when to play defense, you know. And <laughs> yeah, right now you're so, on offense because you're picking first. Yeah, so really, I just got to go AJ right here. He's he's committed AJ Amendinger. Well, it might not be my pick at the Glen. Then if you hey, if if I lose the week before, I'm taking him there. I know so exactly. Then he's not that, there for you to pick. Exactly. So That's I got to take him now. I, I will give this to you, man. Very uh, very smart play. Uh, I 
I hope that uh, you're basically going to have to concede this and hope he has bad luck this weekend. I hope his transmission guy and his gear guy and they all really do their job well, you know, for your sake. Because yeah. for my sake, I'm going to go with a a dark horse guy. Uh, I'm going to go with Paul Menard Nation, mm. the the Empire, and uh, and just let that solid stone face intimidate AJ all weekend and and basically beat him. Yeah, the only chance you have uh, this happening is if AJ has bad luck and yeah. something breaks. Yeah. Like there is no way. No. Paul's going to outdrive. There's no way. But I, Paul Paul's going to stay on the track. He's going to finish on the lead lap. Yeah. And AJ He's a safe driver. AJ is going to drive like a ding-a-ling at some point <laughs> and 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 miss a shift and blow up a motor. Like I'm He's relying gonna, I I'm, don't know though. He was he he won the Glen. He did. His last road course was victorious. Yes. So maybe he's learned. He did. I'm banking on that. I just I just screwed up. I should have took Jamie McMurray. But I'm going to live with my pick. And uh, best of luck. Hey, there, there's no doubt TJ has an A-level guy here, and I got a C-plus level guy. You, we can't use the other A-level guys for this place. Can't. You no. can't do it. No. So, and these are – Which is Kyle, Kurt, Jimmy, Harvick. Th- those guys are fast. But you know, these typically are – Typically Clint. You know, a little bit of unpredictability I there. I feel like I can gain on you now because the odds are in my favor this weekend. And then when we go to the Glen, you're going to obviously um, have AJ because I won't be able to pick him. Unless but you win the week before. Then yeah, but I, got, I still can't still pick him. Then you lose the week before. I'm sorry. I still the, can't pick him. Oh, yeah, no, because you're out of him. Yes. Yeah. So you're going to have AJ at the Glen. Maybe that's but, a push. But these races are the only thing that we have against her is they're, if the caution comes out yeah. and, you're, uh, and you've already passed our finish line and my guy's on the back side of the track, yeah. I'm going to the front. Yeah. It's cycling that way. Yeah. That's how Kyle won Sonoma last year. He the, got the, two cautions. These are two back-to-back <clears throat> wild card weekends for us. Not us as in me and TJ. Us as in road course and then a plate race. Yeah. Road course has produced <clears throat> great racing now. Oh, I love them, man. These guys are good road course racers too. And, they, yeah. and the the fuel strategy is fun. Yes. Oh, is there a guy in the tires? Pit, 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 pit. I mean, yeah. that's legitimately – Kyle Busch was not going to win Sonoma. No. He was running – you know he was he was ways behind us and we were actually pretty competitive. Yeah. But he we were past start finish line. We we were past uh, pit road entry and he wasn't. There was a guy on the backside of the track that went off. Put it. Kyle hits pit road right before the caution comes out. Cycles him to the front. And yeah. Kyle Busch is obviously no slouch. You give no. Kyle Busch the lead anywhere. It's going to be hard to pass the guy anywhere. So and we actually um, came back with, up through with some tires late in the race and we're pretty competitive. It's just we just had to use a little bit too much of them up. I think we got to the top four or five-ish. We were right there. Yeah. Um, but it's good, man. There's pit strategy, cars going off, and you really have to pay attention to the spotter where those cars go off, if he's stopping, if he's going to keep rolling. Yeah. Because you can make a huge impact on your rest of your race. And they made it harder for us because it used to be when you ran off, you buried your car in dirt. We knew the caution was yeah. going to come out. We could say pit. Now you see the guy run off. It's on asphalt. You don't know if he's going to get going. Yeah, or, uh, you know, a lot of times, if you see a guy hit the tires, those tires out there just eat race cars. So yeah. they're not dangerous. No. they're It's like a, a, it's like a safer barrier, yeah, but they, they, them. they shred the cars and they fling them around a little bit more. Yeah. As with a safer barrier, they kind of hit and come to a stop. With tires, it kind of rebounds them back out. Um, it can be a little bit, but there's no real tires that close. I mean, we put – we put Matt in the tires there a couple of years ago, and it was pretty big. And he didn't; it wasn't hurt at all, but yeah. it looked way worse than what it was. Yeah. So, but it's a um, 
It's one of my mo- it's one of my favorite places to go. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going there. Yeah, watch turn four, watch turn seven, watch turn eleven. That's where all the accidents happen. This is one of Clint's better tracks. He's won there, ran third there last year. It's a a big test for Harry Scott Motorsports to see how far they've come in a year to be able to put a good car under him to to find out if he's able to run. Because if he's able to run top ten, top five, it says a lot for their company. So you're predicting top ten? Yeah, yeah, top ten. I mean, you, yeah. To your point, you got to have the right strategy. But yeah, I mean, it could be you could be a Clint's seventh, a, Clint's a top a, five driver at this racetrack. You could be a seventh place car and end up twentieth if you're not on the right side of the strategy there. Yeah, it just all matters when the yellows yeah. come out. So. Clint's certainly a top five guy at this place. Statistically, will back being that up. fast doesn't hurt, and that's always in the like AJ. That'll be one of AJ's advantages. He'll be really fast, really fast. But like like before if if the top's eight ten cars are past pit road entry and the caution comes out and it's close to a window yeah he's gonna restart eighth or ninth or probably tenth maybe some guy you know you never know where you're gonna come out and then he's got a knife all the way back through them guys for sure he'll be and, fun man hope you guys tune in yeah we'll have a lot to talk about next week so uh thanks for doing the live call-ins maybe kristen will join us next week <laughs> yeah maybe maybe i think she's getting her nails done i think so that's what I heard. You know, she's got a gluten allergy, though. Maybe she was drinking beer for breakfast and something happened. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who does. knows? Get well, Kristen. Hashtag. Yeah, get well, Kristen. We missed you today. Thanks, Juan May, for having us. Exalt the studio. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Holla. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear. Brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 